Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house, to gather in your name, to experience your presence. And Father, now as we dive into your word, I pray that you would bring it alive. See, we understand that understanding comes from you, so I pray that you would release understanding. I pray, Holy Spirit, that we would have moments throughout where you say, wow, I needed to understand that. I needed these pieces to come together in this way. I pray, God, that you would do a wonderful thing today. We thank you for what you're about to do. We give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, amen. To get started, let me ask you this question. Do any of you have any friends from childhood that you're still friends with? Some of you got a couple of friends like that. Some of you were like, I don't really keep friends with nobody that I'm still from a childhood anymore. We just, those relationships are broken. But as some of you, you have friends, and you've probably noticed over time that your friends have changed a little bit. They've matured a little bit. And they might probably say the same thing about you, right? As we grow, we mature. There's some things that change about us. There's some things that we gain in perspective or understanding. There's some things that we see differently. There, there, there's some things that, that change. And you might have come to a place where you've almost gotten to know your friend almost in a new way as they've changed and developed over over time. I have a friend, a brother who's close to me, and, and I've known him since like seventh grade, and I've seen him change and mature, and I've seen different things. And as I've gotten to know him over time, over age, I've gotten to know this guy who's, who's changing. He would probably say the same thing about me. Now, when it also comes to a marriage, one of the reasons why marriages fail is that marriages, the people stop putting in the work into the marriage. This is so important that you understand this. Here's how relationships break. You're excited. You pursue the person. It's, it's wonderful. And then you're together. And over time, you stop putting in that work. You're just there. And as that happens, you, the, the people continue to grow and mature, but the relationship, you don't continue to get to know them as they grow and they mature. This is why it's so important in relationships that you continue to say, you know what? I understand that, you know, we have a goal. We want to be married 50 years. Well, I know that I need to put in work for the next 50 years of continuing to get to know you, continuing to serve you, continue to be with you, continue to come alongside you. And in that, you'll both grow together because you're both working towards a common goal. You're both continuing to get to know each other, getting to know the new sides of each other. But let me ask you this question. What if... There is a side to God that you haven't gotten to know. What if there's something about God that you, that, that you haven't learned yet? Not that God has changed. Not that God has matured. It's just that you haven't gotten to know this side. Or maybe you don't know this part of God very well. You see, our main text this morning is going to be in Acts chapter 9, and we're going to see the Apostle Paul as he is traveling on his missionary journeys, and he's arrived at Ephesus. Now, if you're familiar with the book of Ephesians, this is a letter that he's writing to these Christians in this area, this region of Ephesus. And we're going to look here in Acts chapter 19, and I'm just going to begin to break some things down, and we're going to take a look at this a little bit deeper. It says this here in verse 1. It says, while Apollos... Now, that's an important name, so we're going to come back to that later. 
While Apollos was at Corinth, right, you've heard of First and Second Corinthians, the letters to these churches here in Corinth. While Apollos was there at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. So in other words, I want you to understand this. And we look back into Acts chapter 18, and we also see what's happening in, in First and Second Corinthians. But Apollos is one of those communicators where he's really good with his words. He communicates very well. People, when he speaks, people gather around him, and, and, and they like to hear him communicate and speak. And so this is who Apollos is. Apollos had spent a bunch of time in Ephesus, and he was there, and he was ministering the word. Well, now he comes up. And he comes up over to Ephesus. And I wish I didn't prepare a map for you today. But he comes up towards Ephesus. Paul takes this interior road and he comes down to Ephesus where Apollos previously was. Apollos is in Corinth. So he comes down this way and he's coming to meet the disciples to connect with these believers where Apollos once was. Okay. Okay. It says this. There he found some disciples, verse 2, and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Why does Paul ask that question? He asks that question because it was very possible for a believer to come to faith and also not receive the Holy Spirit. You see, a believer could receive the Holy Spirit in the moment of conversion, but at the same time, a believer could also not receive the Holy Spirit at the time of conversion. And so he asks this question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Look what they answered. They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So here these are, these are believers, but they had not even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. In verse 3, I want you to see this. So Paul asked them then, then what baptism did you receive? What did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Who's John? John is John the Baptist. John the Baptist went around preaching. This is the cousin of Jesus, had went around preaching and leading people to repentance. You know what? I'm coming to a place where, God, I recognize the error of my ways. Would you forgive me? Not only would you forgive me, God, but I repent. I don't want to live that lifestyle. I'm done with that. I want to, I just, I'm going to leave that there, and I want to follow after you. So these people had been baptized. They had repented of their sin. And here they are, but they don't know the Holy Spirit. It says this in verse, in verse 4. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him that is in Jesus. Verse 5. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they had been baptized. And then, and then Paul's like, listen, we got to make sure. So we baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So here's this group of believers. The Bible calls them believers. They had repented of their sin. Was their, sin, was their relationship with the Lord not genuine? Was it not genuine because they hadn't received the Holy Spirit? They had not heard of the Holy Spirit? No, we wouldn't say that at all. It was genuine. Their, their, their faith in God was genuine. They had repented. The powerful, beautiful moments. See, many have argued that these believers were, were not true disciples before Paul came. But that's not what we see here. They repented of their sins and were baptized. The same baptism that John the Baptist, his disciples, baptized people. 
It was the same Baptist uh, baptism that Jesus' disciples baptized people. And here is Apollos, this eloquent preacher of the gospel who had spent this time with him. So we, we, can, we, can, we can be very much assured that they had heard the gospel. So why did Paul feel the need to baptize them again in the name of the Lord Jesus? Why did he do that? Well, you know, that's how we baptize people today. We baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There was a missionary in the Venezuelan jungle who came across this village of Christians. And as he's traveling through the jungle, he comes across and he says, Wow, you all believe in Jesus? This is a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful thing. But he also found out that no missionary had ever come to them there in that particular village in the jungle. So how did they believe? How did they come to believe if they had never heard the gospel? If nobody told them, how did they believe? It was said that one of the young men of the village, he had traveled to go do some trading. And on his way back, he brought, he was given a Bible, and he took back a Bible to the village. And in there in the village, everybody found the book very interesting. So they all began to read it, and they all came to a place where they repented and made a decision to follow Christ. So here comes this missionary, and he says, wow. You all, are, you all have made a decision to follow Jesus? There's three errors that he found with them. Number one, they worshiped on Saturday instead of Sunday. Not a big deal. They abstained from eating pork. Jesus said everything is clean. First, and then three, they had killed all their dogs because the Bible said beware of dogs in Philippians 3.2. That, it didn't mean kill your dogs. It's talking about a whole other type of thing. It can be easy to misinterpret Scripture when you don't know how to interpret Scripture, when you don't have the proper hermeneutical tools to in, interpret Scripture. But thinking about these people in this Venezuelan jungle, was their faith genuine? Was their faith real? I believe so. And that's why it is so easy to see these believers in the book of Acts 19, they were so willing to, you know what, I, I want, what is this Holy Spirit who baptized in the name of Jesus? I'll do this. See, whether you received the Holy Spirit when you first came to Christ or it was a later separate moment, there is still a side of God that we all need to get to know. There is still a third person of the Trinity that we need to get to know. I have this image I want you to see here. I'm going to put this here on the screen. You see, God is right there in the middle. God is the Father. God is the Son, Jesus. God is the Holy Spirit. He is all of those at the same time. But the Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is not the Father. What I'm saying is this, is that there are three distinct persons of God within the Trinity. And when we try to limit God to our human limitations, we're making a mistake about who God is. We've made up our own idea about who God is. But what Scripture teaches us is this, and we see this over several passages. Now, what I want to tell you is this. You may know the love of the Father. His arms may have been opened wide for you, and you may have found his comfort, and you may have found his healing, and you may have found his strength. 
You may have found a love of a father when you desperately needed healing in your life. You may know the son and in Jesus Christ and him dying on the cross and his blood being spilt for our sake. You might know the forgiveness of your sin. You might know what it's like for him to be our substitute and take our place and die the death that we deserve because of our sin. Our sin equals eternal separation from God. You might know the son. The son may, might have set you free. But who's the Holy Spirit? You might know the Holy Spirit. You might have heard of the Holy Spirit. But do you know Holy Spirit? Do you know him in a personal way? The way that you know the love of a father, the way that you call on the name of Jesus, do you know Holy Spirits? Do you know him? And I, and, and, and I would say, to be more correct, that we would say Holy Spirit instead of the Holy Spirits. Because you look there at the translation, you know, in English we add words to connect there to make, to make the sentence work. So the Holy Spirit. But I want you to think about it really in, in this term. You know, if you have a friend named John, you don't say hi, the John. Hi, the Javier. You say hi, John. Hi, Javier. If you, if you don't really know Jesus, you might refer to him as the Son the Christ. I mean, that's his title. That's what he did. But when you get to know Jesus, you might refer to God. But when you get to know him, you're like, Father. What I'm challenging us this morning is getting to know the third person of the Trinity. Getting to know Holy Spirit, not the Holy Spirit who we can learn about, but Holy Spirit who we can connect to. We can experience and do life with. So who is Holy Spirit? There are a few points that I want to share with you today. They're not too long. A few quick points that I want to share with you today. The first thing is this. Holy Spirit is equally God. Equally God. There are some people that have made up their own idea about who God is. And they, lit, they put God, the human limitations on God. But when we talk about God, we're talking about the Father, we're talking about the Son, and we are talking about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is equally God. It's the same way that you can go with water, ice, and vapor. And you can put all three of these together, and they are the same material, but they can express themselves in different ways. In the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 19, it says this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. This is Jesus speaking. He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This is how we, 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 we baptize. We baptize them in this way, equally in the Father, in the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Paul, in his letter to the church in Corinth, in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, he says this. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Again, this reference to all three, this is who they are. But very importantly, I want you to see. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit was meant to be with you every day. There was meant to be this connection with you. There was meant to be this relationship where you and him, you, you, you spend time together. 
this, this divine relationship where it's not just, hey, I'll, 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 I'll see you around, but no, a fellowship between you and the Holy Spirit where you allow him to speak, where you allow him to minister, where you allow him to reveal, where you allow him to empower you to do these things, to walk out this Christian life and stop feeling like you're stumbling all the time. Stop feeling like you're always just struggling all the time, but to walk this thing out with courage, with boldness, with strength, with victory. It's only through the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Trinity. This is what I'm saying. We need to get to know Holy Spirits. We need to get to know Him. The second point that I want to tell you is this, is that Holy Spirit is a helper for those who serve God. See, the Holy Spirit does not come into the lives of people who are not serving God. The Holy Spirit is, though, an everyday help for believers. See, we ask God to move mountains in our life. There are some things that are so heavy on our heart. We're just like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to get past this. This is, too, this is a lot. I don't know how that's going to happen. God can move mountains in your life. God can work things out in your life. And we trust him for all kinds of areas in our life. So what happened? The father in his divine plan sent the son. The son died paid the price for our sins, resurrected on the third day, allowed us in all of that, when you repent and follow Jesus, now you have access to the Father. Now you have this access to his love. Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And as Jesus ascends into heaven, what happens? He says, I'm sending you help. How are you possibly going to walk this thing out and be successful? I'm sending you help. The problem is, Large amounts of Christians do not know the third person of the Trinity. There are whole denominations that want to keep the third person of the Trinity quiet. The Holy Spirit, the Father sent the Holy Spirit so that you would not be stumbling, but so that you can walk this thing out. In John chapter 14, verse 26, it says this, but the helper, someone say helper, See how it's capital H? It's reference to the Holy Spirit. It says, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. This is Jesus speaking. He will teach you all things and remind you of all that I've said to you. See, the Holy Spirit will come alongside you in your daily life and, and help you to walk this thing out. The things that you forget, he'll remind you. The things that you, that, that you feel tempted, he'll come and he'll, he'll, he'll say, no, don't get into that. That's going to mess you up. He, he, he'll, he'll, help, he'll give you strength. He'll help you to persevere. He'll help you to see the effects of the decisions and the things around you. He'll remind you of God's words, of his promises. You're more than a conqueror. You're not by yourself. I'll never leave you. No, I'll never forsake you. The Holy Spirit will show up in these areas. In, in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says this. Now, in the same way, the Spirit, see the capital S, the Holy Spirit also helps us, helps our weaknesses. Our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit, Holy Spirit, himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Sometimes it is that tough in life. Sometimes you are that overwhelmed where you feel like you don't even know what to pray. But when you have the third person of the Trinity in your life, that's where he steps in. This is what Jesus promised for every believer. This right here, it's yours. This is what he has for you. So that you can walk in victory. So that you can find strength. 
so that you can be able to, to, to overcome these situations. Enough of your own willpower. Enough of trying to find your own discipline. I'm going to find a way to, to, to beat this. And you take a few steps and you fall right back in and you're back where you started. If not, took some steps back. But the power of the Holy Spirit in your life allows you to walk these things out. Allows you to find the victory that you hope to find. The third thing I want to share with you. The Holy Spirit gives gifts to the church. Now, how many of you like gifts? Some of you don't like. How many of you don't like gifts? Don't raise your hand. That ain't right. Maybe it's your birthday. Maybe it's Christmas, an anniversary, a special moment in your life. We like gifts. The Holy Spirit has special, specific gifts for the church. These gifts are not for the world. These gifts are for God's people. Very specific gifts. And is available to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. This is this in verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are at work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Now, I'm going to talk to you more about this in the coming weeks and within this series, but I want you to understand that if you are a believer, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit has a gift for you. There is something specific for you that the Holy Spirit has for you. There is something that the Holy Spirit wants to give you. It is yours. It's something has for you to be able to use in your life so that you stop stumbling, so that you find strength, so that God would work in you and through you for the edification of the body of Christ, for the church, that the church will go stronger because you are walking not only in your calling, but utilizing, grabbing with two hands the gift that the Holy Spirit wants to give you. And these gifts are available to you as the church. Do you have this gift? The fourth thing that I want to share with you. Holy Spirit produces fruit in the lives of each believer. In many ways, this fruit tells the story whether someone is a true believer or not. You know, do they bear fruit? Jesus says in Matthew 7, 16, I don't, I don't have the verse here for you, but I want you to, he says that, People will be known by their fruits. They'll be known by their fruit, right? A good tree produces good fruit. A bad tree produces bad fruits, right? If you've ever done any gardening, you've never done any planting, anything like that, you'll see something produces, it's producing something good, and something is not producing good. But when the Holy Spirit is in your life, it will produce good fruits. It will produce something. 
when the Holy Spirit is not in your life, you will willfully, I want to do the right thing. I'm going to try my best to do the right thing. You'll try to be as disciplined as you possibly can. You'll take a few steps, and you're back in the same mess because you're relying on your own power, because you're relying on your own strength. But Jesus said, I'm going to the Father, but I'm leaving you help. We have to get to know the third person in the Trinity. He will produce the fruit in you that you cannot produce in yourself. Struggling to produce fruit. Struggling to overcome this situation. You would like to be better in this area and you're struggling. You don't know why you can't get past. Allow the Holy Spirit to produce in you what you cannot produce in yourself. He, he can do it. He, he can absolutely do it. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Pa Pastor Justin, can you help me? Is, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing there is no law. Now, how many of us can use a little bit more patience? I think sometimes that's like our thing struggle with being patient in almost all kinds of situations and you could try or you can allow the Holy Spirit to produce it in you you can allow God to work uh, you know what I just made up my mind 2023 I'm going to be a lot more patient and willpower will get you so far or you can allow the Holy Spirit to produce it in your life or maybe you've dealt with anger issues and you get angry and you just feels like your, your blood just boils and you get so frustrated and so just mad. And you don't like that. I mean, you see it. You don't like it, though. You, you, you know it about yourself. You wish it wasn't like that. And you try. Why can't I do this? Now, we could talk about some spiritual warfare things and absolutely, absolutely. But before we get to that, I want you to get to know the third person of the Trinity. Because he's the one that can produce in you what you cannot produce in yourself. He can work in your life in these ways. He's the one that can do it. You have to get to know the third person of the Trinity. Or maybe you know about yourself that you really struggle in a particular area. And the truth is you don't have self-control. You don't have self-control. It's just, it's there, it tempts you. You say, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to touch that. I'm not going to be around that. I'm going to try to just, no, I'm not doing that. And then something happens, you get weak and you fall right into that thing. Fall right into that mess. Like, oh, I just want to, I just wish I could say no. I wish I could have self-control. Listen, allow the third person of the Trinity to step into your life and produce what you cannot produce in yourself. Let him produce self-control. Let him come and, and handle the situation. Let him come. This is what the father did. He sent his son. And that when you would trust your life, put your life in him, you would have access to the father because now you're forgiven. God is holy. And with all of our sin, all of our junk, we can't access him. So we needed the son. And then the son ascends into heaven. But he says, listen, I'm sending you help. It's going to be tough to walk this thing out. You're going to be stumbling all over the place. You want to follow God. You want to honor Him. You want to do the right thing. How are you going to do it? Your own willpower? 
your own discipline, and we got to be disciplined about some things, absolutely. How are you going to produce the third person of the Trinity? This is the Father's plan for each and every one of us. So my question is, what is a believer missing when we don't know the third person of the Trinity? Are you producing the good fruit in your life? Did you hear that there's gifts? Do you say, you know what, I want one of these gifts? Do you feel like you're missing everyday help? Do you feel like you know the Father and the Father's helped you heal in some areas in your life? Do you feel like you know Jesus and, 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 and he's, he's your Savior and you're walking that out and you're grateful for that? But do you feel like you don't know the third person in the Trinity? You know, as I look back to these believers here in the book of Acts in chapter 19, these believers loved God. They loved God. They had repented of their sins. They were baptized they, they, they loved God, but they were missing this indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And I know some Christian churches will not teach this. But we see this here, that if you don't know the third person of the Trinity, then you're missing all of your help that the Father said is yours to walk this out. Now, when I came to faith, I had some amazing experiences with God. And, and even prior to that, I came to the Lord when I was 18, but even prior to that, like I, I had always known that God was there and he had always revealed himself, but I just didn't know him and I didn't know how to access him. I didn't have those things. I didn't grow up in church, but I always felt like he was there. I didn't know those things. And so when I was 18 and I came to know the Lord, it just changed everything because if you're real, then I got to respond. I got to stop doing what I, I, I just, I need, I need it. So it changed everything. And in that process, he began to reveal himself in so many amazing ways, tangible ways that just, it changed everything. But it wasn't until I was taught about the Holy Spirit, when I learned how to communicate to Holy Spirit, to call on him, to seek him, to pursue him, that I began to, to be able to find strength in my own walk. I come to the Lord so many times, and I, and I want to honor him, but I kept falling into the same sin. And it was like, a God, forgive me. And then I do it again. And then, God, forgive me. God, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I keep doing this. But it wasn't until I had access to the Holy Spirit, until I understand this, that I was able to overcome these things. See, I've been on this journey as a Christian for 21 years. 21 years of faithfully walking with the Lord. Like no, no, no hiccups, nothing like that. And I'm not saying I'm perfect in any way, but I have consistently walked with, the, with, with our Lord for the last 21 years. Faithfully, me and him, every day for the last 21 years. 16 of those 21 years have been with the Holy Spirit. Where I've, where I've called on him, where I've seen his power in my life. Those first five years before that, wow, the Father's love. Jesus, you've given me access. Thank you, Jesus. But I did not know the Holy Spirit. I did not know the third person of the, of the Trinity. But in the last 16 years, it has been amazing to have his voice in my life, to him minister to me 
for us to do life, for us to accomplish it together, for us to work towards it together. To have that help is what I'm saying is available to all believers. He was there all along. I just did not know him like that. I didn't know God like that, if you will. Because he is Father, he is the Son, and he's also Holy Spirit. I just did not know that side of him, that person of him. So here's my challenge for us this morning. And there's so much more we're going to unpack in this series. But my challenge for you is just this. Here's the beginning. Pursue a relationship with Holy Spirit. Pursue. Call on him. Seek him. Call out to him. Sit quietly before him. Just just call out to the Holy Spirit. Pursue a relationship with Holy Spirit. Would you do that? And in that, you're going to begin to see. And I have so much more to teach over the course of this series. Let me take a moment to pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for your love. I thank you for your presence here this morning in all that you are doing. I pray, Father, that you would see your people. (sighs) Okay, okay. Is there anyone here today that says, you know what? If God can forgive me, then I want to be forgiven. The truth is I haven't been walking right with God, but I want to turn that around. Today, I want to make a change. If that's you, would you quickly just put up your hand and then down? Thank you, I see your hands. Thank you, I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hands. Anybody else? Four of us. Anybody else? The Father loves you. And that's what you're going to find. You're going to find open arms. You're not going to find rejection. No matter who's hurt you, no matter who's rejected you, no matter how they've treated you or what they've said about you, you're going to find arms of love. Is there anybody else that says, I want Jesus? Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive us. Forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for the wrong things we've done. We recognize the error of our ways. But if you can forgive us, then we want all of that. I pray, Father, your mercy and your grace over your people right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that each and every one of us together would pursue you, Holy Spirit. We'd seek after you, Holy Spirit. And for the people that have made a decision, would you fill them now in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Work in your house. Strengthen your church that we might be all that you've called us to be. God, that we would go from stumbling to walking victorious. That we might bring glory to your name. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love in our life. Thank you for arms that are open wide that have a spot for us. Thank you, Jesus, 
for being our substitute, for being the atonement for our sins. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here, available to us to be our helper, to be the one that gives gifts, to be the one that produces fruit in us that we cannot produce in ourselves. We call on you, Holy Spirit. Bless your house in the mighty and precious name of Jesus. Amen.